definitely have more boundaries now. As I become an adult, I'm better and better at defining my boundaries and being like, no, I will not do that. Mm-hmm, um, mm-hmm. Which I don't think makes me a better employee by any stretch. <laughs> <laughs> you know, like, yeah, like I, I wasn't afraid you. to tell my employee, like my employer, I was like, you can give me the promotion, but I'm going to give it two months. And I'll do the job well, but watch me burn out on this in two months. I will not like this. Yeah. And it's like, I think that's part of the American workplace thing is that we are taught that boundaries aren't a thing that you should have. Like they get mad at you and you're like, hey, I'm only going to do the work that you pay me for. I'm not going to do anything else beyond that. Or I'm not going to answer my emails past whatever time so and they just look at you like what you're not gonna go above and beyond for me i'm like no you treat me like shit <laughs> not well, yeah it was like that. your above and beyond for me would be paying me above and beyond for these things but yeah. <laughs> or like even at least like a lot of uh just like oh my god i need you or something but in- instead of just the expectation of you do of me just running and doing what your every whim is because you do pay my income but you do- that doesn't mean you own my entire time you know mm-hmm. like yeah exactly you own me for those hours that i am supposed to be at work i know which is shitty because then when i have you ever been on salary yeah exactly (laughs) where they're just like (laughs) oh no 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 i own you at all times and you're like well this doesn't feel fair at all yeah it's like i know that's why it's hard with salary because sometimes you're like okay cool i know exactly what i'm gonna make every single paycheck every month every year but then it's like when does like you can don't clock out so it's like when does your time stop my friends used to get so mad at me just because i'd be out and i was on salary and i would be like oh my god i have to post this thing or like oh my god i have to answer this email real quick like oh my god my boss is calling me and they'd be like just stop it's saturday and i'm like but that's not how my job works unfortunately See, now I come from the mindset of if you set the boundaries, then that's how your job becomes a thing. They start to work around it. They start to get mad about it, but they do like, we got to send this Friday night because Aaron will acknowledge it on Friday, but he's not going to acknowledge it tomorrow. You know, like I try to force them to try to make those kinds of decisions. I remember in a job once my boss was like, you're on my shit list. And I was like, I don't care. Exactly. (laughs) (laughs) And they're just like, and I was like, you treat me shitty. You've been on my shit list for like months. And they were just like, but I'm the boss. So I'm more important. And I was like, that's a disgusting mindset that's going to cause you a lot of problems. You know, like. Yes, yes. And it's one of those things where like, even when you're you're interviewing for a job and they're mm-hmm. like, why do you want to work here? It's like, I mean, to be honest, I just need money to live off of. If I won the lottery, I would not be here. Yeah, they know that, which is exactly why they're like, outside of money, as if that's not 100%. When I think about the amount of decisions I make based on money and the amount in society we're not allowed to talk about money, it's not fair. You know, like, it really should be like, uh, oh, yes, yes, yes. Like, I'll do that for that. Like, we don't have that conversation. Like the amount of job interviews I had where I can't get them to give me the number that they're trying to pay me, you know, like is yeah. too high. And you're like, no, no, no. We are here doing a money negotiation. I remember I accepted a job where they were just like, we haven't figured that out yet, but we know that it will be, um, I'm trying to remember what they said, the, what word they used. 
It was something along the meaning of the word, if you could help me with this, is that it's going to be like the others in the industry. Oh, I don't rep- want to say co- rep- represent. It's going to reflect the I other, be on par with, I don't know. Competitive, maybe. Maybe they're going to say it'll be competitive comp- with, yeah, yeah, something, yeah, like something that. along the lines that it was going to be something of the other. And like, I worked for two weeks and I was like, hey, I still don't know. I was working 40 hour weeks. And I was like, hey, we need to figure out what this pay rate is. And they were just like, oh, we're still, we still haven't uh, figured that out, but it was going to be competitive. And then when it showed up, it was minimum wage. Oh, wow. So, and so then all of a sudden you go in and you go, hey, this is actually the least competitive thing you can do because now you are competitive with everybody. And mm-hmm. I don't understand, like, did you know this for a while and not tell me? Because that's a completely separate thing versus you legally had to pay me. And now we're talking about what you're going to owe me for the last two weeks. You know, yeah. like, cause what's the conversation we're really having. And it was like, all of a sudden this tense conversation, we're like, I don't like these conversations. Like you forced this to happen. I was too nice with you to even start. I shouldn't have started without the agreement. And I yeah. ended up walking out after that conversation. Cause I was just like, Oh no, no, no. If I can make minimum wage here, I can make that anywhere. There's no reason to deal with you. And yeah. to like, to put like, I've done that a bunch with bosses where you're like, you sit them down and you go, Hey, you're difficult to work with, which is not what an employee is supposed to do. Yeah. But at the same time, it's, I don't feel the negative effects from it to be like, you are difficult. I know I'm difficult at some things, but we have to figure out a way to work well together or just agree that we don't work well together. Yeah. And I think a lot of employers bank on the fact that people- no one's willing to talk. No one's willing to talk. People are very unconfrontational. People are like, oh, like this isn't, this is awkward. I don't want to do this. Whereas like, even for like, like me, like doing freelance stuff, like sometimes I'm like, when they're like, okay, let's talk about pay. They're like, what's your rate? So I'm always like, I don't want to oversell, but I don't want to undersell. So I'm like, okay, so like what I've just like, what I've adapted to doing is once they get to that, I'm like, this is my typical rate. However, it can be negotiated upon depending on budget or if I think they have a shit ton of money, then I just jack it up like 10 more dollars. Yeah. Which I've had great conversations with that where you're like, Oh, I was making this and I'm expecting this. And they go, Oh, well we pay this. And I go, then what's the point of asking the question? Yeah. So you already knew what the ceiling was and you gave me, you had a conversation with me about it first. That doesn't make sense. Why didn't you just say, we paid this. Is that okay? We know that you come from this. Yeah. You know, like that's. I think that it's like something about to, if there's a position out there and it'll give a range, like we could pay you this to this based upon experience or this or that. I don't know. I kind of feel like that's just them being like, we are hoping that you ask for the lower end when we Mm -hmm. ask. (laughs) <laughs> and that even though we can afford to pay you the higher end, just pay the higher end. And if it doesn't work out, just put, I think more people should just be put on like a probationary period. Like, look, try me out for like a month or two. If you don't, then move on, you know, like have someone else. Yeah, you. for sure. And I also think that it's totally weird that I've seen that like based on experience. And then you talk to them and they're like, well, we really pay uh, lower than we even advertised. And then you're like, this isn't based on experience at all, is it? It just seems yeah. like all of shopping for a job is just this bait and switch that I've been free from for a year. 
And now you're like, oh no, I'm going to have to go back into that bait and switch into the society where we're told to be grateful for anything. And I just can't bring myself to feel that way. Yeah, we need help in America. We just do. Like there are so many places where... You know, so I just I, got done reading an article about economics. That's why I like went straight to this. Oh yeah, it was no, because no. I was reading about how other countries like well, they have this many sick days and this many vacation yes. days. They get like, actual vacations. They have a thing called holidays. I was reading this thing and this guy was huh? like ger- from Germany and he was like, if there was a company that told me that I could only get 20, 20 days of vacation. The same article I just read. Oh my God. That's hilarious. Cause I'm like, <laughs> and then they were like, we would not take the job. And I was just like, yeah, exactly. Oh my God. Like, to, like, cause that's the thing is like the other thing that I think is interesting is that a lot of times when you meet people is here, you know, Oh, what do you do? And what we mean by that is like, what is your occupation? What do you do? Yeah. Whereas in other places, it's more like, what are you doing with your time? They're not so invested in your career. It's more about you as a person. Because they suck us dry of all of our time. And that's why it becomes our identity. It's the word. How many people's jobs are their identities they met here? I used to work for 911. And so like we were stationed in a firehouse and all of those firefighters are like getting firefighter tattoos. And they are like, like when you get a Fisher price toy of the firefighter, they've become that as a human being where they're like, Oh no, I am the firefighter. And you're like, but you go home and you clock out and you're not the firefighter there. They're your dad. You don't have to get the tattoos to say all that. So I remember somebody uh, in 911, they weren't firefighting. They were answering the phone calls with me. Got the firefighting tattoo. And okay. they were like, because I have a lot of tattoos. They're like, would you get it? And I was like, no, no, my job is never going to be my identity. Yeah. You know, in yeah. 10 years, I don't plan on working for the fire department. I just happen to have this job right now. What was that like, though, being a 911 operator? Uh, it felt like I, as much as they would argue that doesn't, it feels like just being in, um, I wanted to call it a call house. What would you call it where there's just a bunch oh, of dispatchers in a, a room? Call center. It's a call center. And so I would call it that. And they would be like, it's not a call center. And like, I don't know. It feels like a call center. It just happens to be that our customers and clients, because they're also getting bills, are in a medical need. There's an emergency. So it's not like, it's not like another call center where like, if you called up, like guitar centers, like a guitar uh, call center I've called before, where you get a guy who would like, okay, cool. What kind of guitar are you looking for? Like, we don't ask what kind of ambulance you're looking for. We go, and what kind of medical need do you have? Oh, okay. Well, that matches with this kind of ambulance, which does have a price attached. It is, we are just matching it because you don't know what kind of ambulance you need. Uh, so no all clue. of those, no exactly. Well, how would you? Essentially, it's do you need the most basic or do you need an advanced that would have some kind of heart monitor or whatnot? When you call 911, they send the most advanced and they'll assess the situation. And if it's basic, they will call a basic ambulance to come pick you up and take you away, which is why you will see an ambulance on scene and another one show up because that person's getting the cheaper, more basic ambulance. Interesting. I kind of feel like there should be more layers to this because of how expensive everything is and it would be hilarious and also i don't know who knows if you just have someone it's like it's kind of like an uber to the hospital if it's something that like you need to go to the hospital it is mm-hmm. emergency but like it's almost like a slow emergency in a way but you don't have for a sure. ride there like there should yeah. be more tears i think for this there are but we aren't allowed to say that mm-hmm. as the company that goes ahead and figures out what ambulance we need 
we don't go, hey, you know what? You're not actually in need of an ambulance. You should just go by Uber. You know, like, like we're not allowed to say that because the company that makes the money is the one we work for. Yeah. Like, there's no way if you worked for Blockbuster that you would be like, hey, you know, this this movie sells for 99 cents instead of renting it for 399. Like you wouldn't be you get in trouble for doing that. Yeah. yeah, They're already calling you and asking for the ambulance. And then on the other side of that is some people don't call about what they're actually looking for. Okay. Have you gotten like a, have you had calls where you're just like, why is this person even calling 911? Oh yeah. All the time. I mean, in fact, yeah, well there was, that's the thing is because I worked the overnight shift. Mm -hmm. So it wasn't as many calls, but they were definitely way more interesting. And so you would get like people that are just lonely. We would get people that are just like, Hey, I want to talk to a firefighter. And you're like, oh, we're got all dispatchers here. There's no firefighters. And then they hang up and call back and be like, are you a firefighter? You know, like, and so eventually we're like, we don't want to lie, but we're like, we have to say yes to find out what's going on on the other side of this. Yeah. You know, like, is this lady just lonely or is there some kind of thing that she's embarrassed to tell a dispatcher but not a firefighter? Yeah. I can see that some people would be weird about that. Like just how Uh people are weird with their doctors on like, oh, I don't want to tell them about this because I'm embarrassed. It's like they're a doctor. Like you got to tell them the truth. Otherwise, they're not going to know the proper way to fix you. Yeah. And you would get a bunch of that stuff where you're just like, okay, so my friend's having a lot of trouble breathing and their heart's going really fast. And you're like, okay, Uh, do they have a medical history? Like, well, we get in trouble if if we told you we're doing drugs. You know, like, Um, yeah, (laughs) you get like that stuff. And then you're just like, I get it. Like you're calling 911. And so you're afraid if you say that you guys are partying, that we're going to send the police. But really, it would have to be. It it would have to be the noise complaint. The neighbors would have to care. I don't recall ever being like, oh, that person did too many drugs. We're going to also send the police unless we felt there was somebody else there that was in danger. Like if you hear a baby crying in the background and there's like an OD happening, maybe we should figure out a way to get that baby out of there. But there had to be something else. It would never Mm -hmm. like, because we would have that, like three people all partying, one person's ODing, and now they're terrified to do anything. You're like, no, no, we'd way rather save the life and get that person into some kind of clinic to help them with drugs later. Yeah, yeah. Then just make sure we arrest everybody. Like, that's not the purpose of it. Yeah, I bet. I bet there's, it's like all over the place. Like, I even had, honestly, like, I'll be honest, I went to urgent care once uh, just because I had been doing some stuff and I was having, it was two days later, but I was still having reactions that I've not typically had when doing and ingesting said things. So I was honest. I went to urgent care. I was like, look, this is what I did and I've done it before. And mm-hmm. this has never happened, so I figured it'd probably be best to get checked out in case I'm about to have a heart attack. Yeah, no, I've had similar where they're just like, "Oh, well, you know, people do mix things in your drugs," and I was like, "Yeah, that's why I'm here." Yeah, if it was, because <laughs> <laughs> you're like, you're letting that, me know. <laughs> that's the worry, uh, because if it was exactly what I knew, what I thought it was, I wouldn't be here. I'd be sober again, you know. Like, but here yeah. I am, <laughs> way stressed out. <laughs> sweating too much you need the help oh yeah my no, God. there's all that sort of stuff that happens too i mean but it really does become a job that was the other part that we were getting to initially it, it becomes a job it's really the first six months feel super intense because you're walking into a new area 
Yeah. But after a year and a half, it's like anywhere else where you just get used to it. All the calls start to melt together as like, oh, it's another choking call or whatever. You know, like you just, <laughs> you just get desensitized to the bad shit going on. Yeah. And that's that's just what it is. That's just how that place is. I can't imagine a job not feeling normal after a while, no matter what the job is. It's got to be even if even if I don't know, I'm trying to think of like some type of occupation where every day would just be a mystery to you. No I feel like that what. job is called president. Who, uh, dude i don't wouldn't i don't who there's these people out there i want to be president people growing up when i was in high school he's like yeah i want to be the president why that is so much responsibility i just don't want to ever have yeah it sounds like you're saying you want to be thanos you yeah, know he's really just like though. hey i uh i just want as much power as i could possibly grab in my lifetime i haven't figured out why yet but i know i want it and when we figure that out i promise i'll do something good with it you're like no wait a second yeah no you're just like um sorry excuse me and that's why i think it's hilarious that like just the people that have tried to run the people that have been president you know are just fucking oh god just terrible and like there's i don't know america somehow basically i feel like we're so deep into the shit of everything that everyone's just like well we have to keep going like this because it would be so hard to pivot and change and it's like a lot of people are just like oh yeah i guess that's true and it's like no there can be steps it's not so we we know we're on the wrong side of social media right now where yeah. it like destroys people's lives but we haven't really found a way for it to build the right people uh-huh. you know like every now and then somebody randomly happens to be a rocket ship that blows past everybody like that Greta, what's her face? The little girl that's like, we should oh, save yeah. the earth mm-hmm. with such a basic, simple message. But we're all like, she's right, though. So, OK, we'll make her a celebrity. I feel yeah. like in the future, we're going to get to a point where we can actually find the people who should be present. This is like one of the high thoughts I've had is like social media mm-hmm. and all this gunk will be worth it because I feel like wanting to be president is the first reason you shouldn't be allowed to run. Nobody who wants to be president should be allowed to much like Batman and like a. And Morgan Freeman, when he was yeah. just like, oh, no, I need you here because you're afraid of the responsibility because you understand yeah. what this really entails. We need to make social media Batman to be like, OK, these three people are running because they can handle it. And those three people would all freak out and be like, that's too much responsibility. And you're like, finally, that is correct. That is too much responsibility. Yeah. Someone that gets it. Hmm, maybe, <laughs> yeah. maybe this will work. I mean, we've been doing like what the same thing ever since. We've had our, you know, George Washington. So uh-huh. maybe it might be time. I don't know. Time to change it up a little bit. I mean, hopefully by the end of my lifetime, I'll watch that where we start to I was gonna nominate say, do people you, do you instead think? of that. Yeah, no, this, this whole system we have of how we get a person who gets to run for president, the person that wants to the most and has a billion dollars. You're like, no, 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 no. That's terribly broken. Oh, I don't think that anyone that runs for president or becomes president, honestly, the fact like they should not be rich. They should be at least middle class. Like it just makes like most of the people that you are governing are sure. middle class. So why I'm not going to like all these rich people. They don't know the problems that we have that we need help with. Yeah. You read my Twitter. I tweeted something last week. I love your like, Twitter. <laughs> Thank you. But I, uh, I tweeted something last week that was like, until we make the senators and politicians paid the average amount for the area they're covering, we're not going to get the kind of governing we need. No, never. We, we won't. And I mean, it's, 
or at least some because at least all of them too it's like to get into these political positions you have to have connections and a lot of times that comes Uh from being in college and doing internships but you're getting paid your college is getting paid for and you you have someone paying for you so that you can do a free internship yeah it's all of it is just so classist it's ridiculous yeah it starts way in the wrong direction i feel like it should be like a 90s movie you know we're like you're just somebody's working on a farm then some some cars show up and they're like so we decided during the the best fit for president we're gonna need you to you know then all of a sudden we have a farmer running you know oh, like it's gonna oh, be something like what that. Was that what was that um um this is not a farmer but have you do you remember that chris rock movie head of state i loved head of state i thought it was a great movie i told everyone to go watch it and everyone that did was like that movie was awful what <laughs> i love that movie <laughs> Yeah, exactly. And I was like, I don't know what part I got wrong from everyone else, but I really felt like Head of State was great. Bernie Mac was awesome. Yeah, I was super into it. I like. I just felt like this is something that like would never happen, but honestly, mm-hmm. probably should. Exactly. That's the point is that's like, oh, yeah, yeah. We've never had this, but we 100% should have this. Yeah. It's almost like Star Trek did that with like space. Oh, we shouldn't use space the way that Star Trek uses space. But we should. I know we can't right now, but like now we're aiming for it. Oh, question. What's a movie that you told everyone to go watch that when people when people watch it, they came back to you and they're like, that was awful. Okay. It really it really depends on your type of humor. And I, it's not everyone, but a lot, it's something that not a lot of people, I guess that I hang out with are into. I really like, this is a movie called Ingrid goes West and it's with um, Aubrey Plaza and she is hilarious. And, and it's a dark, it's mm-hmm. a dark comedy for sure. Uh, and she is this, she is a, a crazy person. She's an obsessive person. Mm-hmm. And she basically f- finds someone online that she just idolizes. And then she ends up creating a whole new persona. She moves to uh, Venice and she tricks all these people to become huh. in, get in her life and become with her. But then it's just, it gets really dark and crazy, but it's just honestly, yeah. I think hilarious. I looked it up right now. And the person that she becomes is Elizabeth Olsen. Yeah. Yeah. Which I, as far as I was concerned, she just happened to be in Avenger movies until about two months ago when all of a sudden I became obsessed with WandaVision. Okay. And now I'm like, oh, great. I got to find more Elizabeth Olsen and see. I would re- highly recommend this movie. So I would love for you to come back and be one of the first people to say, yes, I, I enjoyed this film. This is awesome. Um, also, question, because I am racking my brain about this. Uh-huh. I don't get why WandaVision is so well liked okay did you watch all of it i still need to watch the last episode and this is my thing i disney plus did their job because i watched the whole thing i'm gonna watch the last episode so i Uh I said i watched the whole thing so they got the viewers but it pissed me off because i did not get it until like the fourth episode then i was like okay some shit's going down now i get it a little bit but Uh now i'm just like everyone's like oh my god it's so amazing it's all this and i'm like it's okay okay uh i feel like there's still a couple puzzle pieces that are going to be revealed essentially what i thought was really interesting is the first four episodes really built up a huge puzzle with a lot of questions and then the last five episodes just started answering them 
Yeah. Which is- and so like that, I thought that was great. And so there was that because like you could sit there and make all the theories you want on it. And they do come from comic books. So people who have read the comics are able to like jump in and have their theories, you know, of like, well, since I've looked ahead into the future, but they don't necessarily 100% go with what happened in the comics. Okay, okay, okay. So I guess with, I see, I thought that WandaVision was like completely a just thing that they decide, a story they decided to go with and came up with. So now that I know there's at least uh, some literature behind it. Mm-hmm. It, There's a direction that Scarlet Witch goes in that makes her a very prominent, important character in okay. comic books 20 years ago. And mm-hmm. now they're starting to do that within the Avenger movies now, because now that they lost their big stars, you know, they didn't re-sign Robert Downey Jr. and Thor, Captain America. Yeah. They had to find a way to make these other ones, the A-listers. And WandaVision really starts to push the Scarlet Witch into being one of those A-listers. Okay, okay, I get that. I will I will come back to you once I've watched the last episode and see if I have changed my outlook. But I was just curious because I feel like so many people were like, oh yeah, WandaVision, you gotta catch tonight's episode. And I was like, I mean, it's a- well, Because it's I think unique. the reason I was so addicted was because I had to catch every night at midnight because I've had this one question about this one thing that happened in an episode for four or five weeks and it's like no is it going to be answered Mm, can i put that question to bed and so having all those questions in my head and having chunks of them get answered week after week was relieving to me oh i got kind of the same from the flight attendant on hbo max oh how i i have not seen that how is that i got really frustrated because it's like let's i don't remember how many episodes it is i'm gonna just say eight for the course of this conversation Mm -hmm. they didn't start answering questions until like episode seven and then in seven and eight they answered a bunch of but it was like after like six episodes i'm like if we don't start answering some of these questions i'm just gonna stop this is really frustrating yeah some shows like get you frustrated i've been watching um very slowly your honor on, I don't know what your honor is. It's on. It's, I don't know. I think it's on Showtime. I could be wrong. It could be HBO. But your honor okay, is with so it's Brian Cranston. Yeah, which is why I watch. I absolutely love Brian Cranston, and it's a it's a show that when you watch it, you're just stressed out. You're like, oh my god, like this I would is never stressful. And and without giving anything away, it's just that there's a particular character. So if you ever watch the show, you'll know immediately mm-hmm. who I'm talking about. And he is just the worst. Everything that he does is just so dumb. And you just want to shake him and be like, just stay in your room. Just stay in your room. That's really funny. I would shows that stress me out too much. I stop watching. And this is going to be funny now that it's 15 years later, but that's exactly why I didn't watch the office. Cause I worked in an office and found it frustrating. <laughs> and then when, like, when I was watching, it's like, nope, too close to the things I don't like in my real life. Click. And I didn't watch after three episodes. And I know people love it, but I've worked in an office for too long in my life to want to make that what I relax to. <laughs> I can see that. I can see that. I mean, it's it's absolutely hilarious. Um, I think that the British version, the first version. Yeah, I love Ricky Gervais. Yeah, it could have been 
just as big and good as the American version if it had gone on long enough to have more character development because that's really why the American office people revere so much is because they had enough time to really get into each character and develop them into you know Uh these people that you like and see whereas with uh, the British office I think it was only two seasons and so they just didn't lend enough time to to get there I get that but I also like how British TV shows are like Listen, we know what the 15 episode story arc is and we're going to stick to it. And if yeah. you like it, watch it again. But we're yeah. going to move on to the next thing. <laughs> yeah, definitely. And uh, but have you seen Parks and Rec? Of course, all the way okay. through. Okay, see, that's a be- see, I think that's better than The Office. So if you've seen that, then you're that's fine. You don't need The Office. <laughs> I've seen clips. It's impossible to avoid clips and references. I feel like I've caught so much. I read so much Reddit that I feel like I now know SpongeBob and The Office without watching it. Even oh well, I mean, I guess SpongeBob was past your time, but yeah, I'm too old for SpongeBob. SpongeBob, <laughs> I quote SpongeBob more in my adult life than I ever thought I would as a child. Yeah, well, imagine if you were also 40 and doing the same thing; it'd be weird. <laughs> <laughs> They'd be like, "Oh, so you quote SpongeBob a lot? Um, when? How old were you when it started?" Yeah, exactly. You're like 32. although i had a friend who's exactly my age who loves spongebob he would get stoned and watch spongebob because we're like in our early 20s or whatever when it came out yeah yeah so i get that how i could have been on a part of that ship but i just wasn't yeah i mean it's just it i mean it's funny because i uh it was on for a really long time i don't know if they're still making new episodes or anything uh, but once I stopped watching it and then I was like, I saw, I was like, I saw an episode back when I was like, I don't know, in like 18, maybe and it was a newer episode. And I was like, oh man, like huh. they just dumbed down every character so much. Like, I feel like when shows go on for so long, they just make the characters go deep into their, the things about them. And then it kind of, yep. it. I completely agree. That's why I have a hard time with the Simpsons. Every season I watch the characters get dumber and dumber. So they can get into zanier and zanier problems, and I lose interest. Yeah, um, that- it looks like they still up until twenty fifteen. They at least made them. That yeah, they went on for thirteen seasons. SpongeBob. Yeah, yeah, like that's. I just remember, like, cause you know, Patrick Star, right, is the is the pink starfish, and he's dumb. He just is. But they made him like ridiculously dumb to a point mm-hmm. where I was like, I don't even. I feel the same way with Homer Simpson. You're like, listen, Homer Simpson can't hold a job if this is his behavior. And, you know, like... At a nuclear power needs... plant, nonetheless. <laughs> exactly. You're like, no, no, he still needs to be able to hold his job at the nuclear power plant. We can make it funny a little bit, but we can't make it so dumb and him so involved with the personal lives of all those people for them to not be like, you know, this Simpson's not a good character to have around all this stuff. Yeah, I think I stopped watching The Simpsons after the movie came out i stopped before that i never even saw the movie i thought the movie was funny i liked it it was it was cool um i heard it was great but eh, you know i guess i just didn't watch it um i want to ask you before we close all this up yes two podcast questions okay the second is about your podcast so you know you can know that's coming before i get into the other one Nice, nice. The first one was I met you because you were a part, you're producing a sex podcast. Yes. And I wanted to ask when you were working with a sex podcast as your job day in and day out, 
Was that just too much sex? That seems like that would be too much. I would get tired of the subject, I think. Um, honestly, it it wasn't. It, everything was very like desensitized to me i guess and that in the in the way that like the the store because we talked a lot to live people so people emailing in and people calling in and like there was some wild and wacky characters out there and also some really dumb people that you're just like oh you just want to pat them on the back and say i'm oh honey like you just i don't know so i mean it 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 was and it wasn't like i I never got tired of it it was never like oh my god like da 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 because it wasn't like shoved in my face too much like i was dealing with so much of the like Uh the the technical parts and like the actual recording parts and those things um but then it was a thing where if I met someone and they asked me what I did, it was like it had to get into this long conversation and I became like the sex girl. So even on even when I was dating and people were like, oh, what do you do? It's like, do I go into deep? It's like it's hard to be like, oh, I'm just a producer for a podcast because then they'd be like, oh, that's so cool. Follow up question, follow up question. And so then all of my first dates became more about that. And I was like, yeah. So that got. Yeah. And that must have been, felt like repeats. You yeah, know, exactly. You're like oh god please anything but you know like as much as i do love professional wrestling i very much know i would not like to work in that field because i know that i only want about three hours of pro wrestling a week in my life i don't want 40 you know like and i feel like it's kind of the same because if i also did that and was like what do you do like and you're like whatever it is you know like oh i send merchandise to people that buy things for pro wrestling then all of a sudden all questions would be about those things and i was like no 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 i could never do that to myself but I was curious yeah. if that was the same sort of just thing over you. It wasn't too bad. It was it was whatever. Okay. Like, I got used to it. And I want to say, I think your podcast has an absolutely brilliant premise. I think it's a good podcast, and I want you to, to promote it right now. Oh, okay. Thank you. Yeah. So my podcast, Does That Make Me a Dick, uh, was inspired by just my life and my friends of we are kind of dicks to people, not to people, but to each other, I guess. Mm-hmm. We're the nicest dicks you'll ever meet, you know? And I kind of was like, I, we, everyone has like a different like uh, threshold for how much uh, dickness, dick, dickishness they can, they can take on, you know? Mm-hmm. Or, Everyone can only take on ever so much dick is the way I think. Exactly, exactly. How much dick can you take uh, is the what we answer every show. No, um, but it's basically, I just also, it's like, it's funny. I just wanted to be casual, but also it's like interesting to me because it's so subjective. Like there's so many, like you can do so many different actions that someone's like, yeah, that's completely tame and fine. And someone else is completely offended. And I feel like people mm-hmm. have a hard time putting themselves in, other people's shoes and looking at things from different perspectives and that's kind of what i wanted to accomplish with this podcast too is that like for sure maybe you can maybe you can have a better understanding of why someone might have been in a bad mood or why someone is doing the actions that they that they do and then that way one you're a little less hard on yourself when you're a dick and you're a little less hard on other people but also if you're just like a dick all the time then you need to do a little introspective work that's true what i also like about that is you make people bring forth their stories of when they're a dick because how often do you, you as an adult actually hear an apology adults uh-huh. don't apologize and so you don't hear people admit their fault almost ever and for you to like okay here here's a i need you to admit your fault to be on this show yeah because no one's without fault either you know like if somebody was like 
oh, I literally just have never been a dick. You're like, oh, then you're massive. Then yeah. you have a huge problem. Yeah, it's probably all of your interactions are actually you being a dick. But I would like to say that like the funny, the funniest stories though is when people tell me some shit from like when they were younger, like when they were like a teenager and or even like just a kid, because mm-hmm. then you have to ask the question, are they being a dick or were they just a kid? Mm-hmm. That's true. Like they just don't know enough. Yeah. They're like, my mom wouldn't let me run off and go on vacation with Richard Ramirez. And you're like, well, wait a sec. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, you're like, oh, you know, maybe, just maybe. Pittinger. We did it. Another great episode. Um, if you'd like to check out her podcast, I know she plugged it. I had her plug it on the episode. I still am going to plug it here because that's what I feel like I need to do. And that is the podcast called Does That Make Me a Dick? And it's a great podcast. And I had a fun time doing it. Yes, I did say I did it. So if you like if you like the interactions that we had or you're, you know, you want to hear me in another podcast, go to Does That Make Me a Dick podcast. I'm on one of the early episodes. It was a good time. I think you should also listen to maybe a couple other episodes. I know that Jeff Zenisek is one of my most downloaded episodes, and he just released an episode. They just got that done, and we talked about it after we did our episode, and just how fun it is to hang out with Jeff Zenisek. I know that this wasn't meant to be like a big love fest for him, but it turned into one, and I don't regret it because he's an awesome dude. I should have him back. Good mental note on that. Also, if you want to follow her on Instagram, jpittythefoo. F-O-O-O. She has three O's on J. Pity the Fool. Uh, I believe that's also the same one she uses for her, her Twitter. So there we go. We have that guest. Next week, we have DJ Demers. I feel like most of you may already know who DJ Demers is. He's done a couple late night sets, done a couple Conans. You can look them up right now if you like. In fact, uh, there's a couple Conans in my mind that stick out as like some of the best Conans that ever happened. And his is one of them. His first Conan is fantastic. It's weird that I feel so necessary. I feel a need to be like, he's Canadian. He's Canadian. Canadian comedian who moved down here. And I met him down here now because he, uh, I would say Flappers or Comedy Magic Club is his home club. Those are the two that I hang out at the most. And the two that he hangs out at the most. So I see him a lot. We talk mostly about basketball and sports in real life. We talk mostly about comedy on the podcast next week. So it is a lot of inside comedy, but I was also like trying to pick his brain as to like, who are the great Canadian comedians that we don't know? And he gives us a good one. He gives us a really good one. So you have that to look forward to. DJ Demers is coming up next week. Uh, Just a little personal information about me. Um, I got vaccinated today. I got the Johnson & Johnson. I think by the time this comes out, oh, it's still before the 15th. Here in Los Angeles, there was an article that came on the LA Times that says, just because you're not eligible doesn't mean you shouldn't go get it. And I was like, what? And they basically were like, hey, just lie to get through the questions. You know what the answers we want to hear? Say that you have some pre-existing me- medical condition because apparently everybody here who needs it got it. And so they had a couple dead days and they're just like, hey, let's just push it through. Instead of trying to legislate 
to get this going through faster. One of the the centers was just like, if you show up, we'll give it to you. And they got flooded. And then they found out that a bunch of them were kind of dead. And then, so they were just like, hey, just go through, say you smoke, and then get the shot if you want the shot. So I got it. Vaccinated. I was able to choose which one I wanted. Didn't know that was going to be a thing I could do. Got Johnson & Johnson. One and done. So there we go. Also got a job this week. So that's good. Don't know why I'm speaking in that tone, but I'm doing it. And so really good day for me, just in general. I know at the end of these, I don't talk much about my personal life. And I feel like maybe I should. Maybe I should. So I got a new job. It is pretty much my old job was at a production company. And I worked four different positions within the three years that really spanned the globe of what that company does. I worked all different kinds of sites. You know, I worked the pre-production, the post-production part, the billing part, the stage part. And this job's going to require all that. So I'm really happy to get back on stages. How cool is that? I got to get back on some sound stages. Maybe you'll hear new, better stories instead of the old three. You know, instead of just me rehashing the time the Muppets showed up or the time Ellen showed up or the time John Cena showed up and I got starstruck. Um, you know. Maybe you'll get new stories. So, yeah, that, that happened to me. I'm excited about that. I mean, yeah, you guys tell me. This has, been, uh, this has been fun. This has been good. This is the end of this episode. I don't know why I'm refusing to let go. You know, it's Friday night. I should go into the weekend. I know by the time you guys get to this, you're like, it's Tuesday here, dude. Yeah, why well, record this Friday night? It's a deal. Um, I don't know anything about WrestleMania yet. By the time you listen to this, WrestleMania will have happened. So that's what I'll... Anyone who talks to me in the next week, it's going to be WrestleMania heavy, that conversation. But, guys, thank you. You can find me, at Aaron M. Marsh, on everything. And uh, that's what I want you to do. So go ahead and do that. Thank you again for listening, and thank you for putting up with me. Whether I'm right... Whether I'm wrong Whether I find a place in this world I'll never be long I've got to be me